Good morning, tribe. It is Familiar Hearts. It's the podcast. It's season two. It's episode two. It's January the 10th. It's Monday. It's a lot of things today. (laughs) So I hope everybody's having a phenomenal day. I hope everybody's having a great start to 2022. Technically, it is the second week of January. So it's too early for chaos. It's too early for things to be going wrong. So whatever it is that is not happening the way that you feel like it should be happening for your progress, for your growth, I want you to do your part in turning that around. Keyword, do your part. Other keyword, turn it around, okay? That's two things I want you to focus on. So how has life been? What has been going on for you guys? Um, I know for me, two things have been going on is I have been creating mass content. So what that means is that I have not been waiting the last minute to record podcasts. I have been recording them in bulk, okay, preparing ahead of time. So that way I won't be late with the information. I won't feel pressured. Um, I've also been doing a really good job of like trying to stay focused in school. And I know y'all want to like trying to stay focused in school growth, January 10th. School just got started. Well, you know, listen, I'm still trying to stay focused and I'm only two days in. So what I'm doing is I'm just like wrapping my head around getting re-familiar with taking classes, with being a full-time student. Um, The teacher has like sent out a syllabus. I'm like, oh yeah, I got a syllabus. Like, <laughs> I'm really like processing getting back in school and my tools are not as sharp as they once were. So I'm like sharpening them up, like thinking, like getting my thinking skills. I can tell like my brain is like a 90, a 1969 Buick. Like there's no jumping in it, turning on the keys and going. Mm -mm, Can't do that at this point in life. I need to be warmed up. And I am currently warming up. So like I'm not in full go mode. I'm still like warming up, kind of remembering where I am. But like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I do need to do that. Like that's the stage that I'm in right now. But it's not a bad thing. It's good. It's just that I'm like getting my feet wet, just getting familiar with moving how I need to move in life and just kind of picking up the pace from December, rolling it, you know, through January. So that's where I am. Anywho, um, back to the point at hand, you know, we're all here today for a purpose. And one of the purposes talking about things that's familiar to all of us. So it's season two, episode two, and the name of this episode is called Trading Places. And once I read to you the uh, advice question that came in, you are going to see why I named it that because it's something that I believe all of us have experienced in one way or another. So I just want to refresh everybody's memory about, you know, what this season of the podcast is about. So before we just picked a subject, we talked about it. But this season is a little different because I noticed that I've been having different people write me advice questions, whether it's via Instagram, Facebook. I've had some friends and family text me personally. I have um, had on a site that I work on, Seven Cups of Tea, people anonymously write me their scenarios. And I think some of those scenarios are really good to talk about. So some of them um, have sent me their information 
like a question. And then some of these scenarios later on in the podcast are actually things that came up that I want to talk with you guys about. So in every situation, I have gotten people's permission to share on the podcast and they will remain anonymous. Now, our goal here is not to be a counselor, a therapist, psychologist. I'm neither of those things. I don't have those kind of credentials. Okay. So I just want to make that very clear. I am a life coach. That is the only credential I have, which means I am qualified to take you from where you are to where you want to go. So I focus on your present and I focus on your future and how to connect the dots between those two things. So that's our goal here. I always tell people the information that I give you is the information that I give. So if you find use in it, then that's great. If you don't, then I completely understand. I could give you a whole paragraph on what to do. And out of that paragraph, if you only find one sentence that works for you, then guess what? Use that sentence, throw away the rest, okay? So I don't want anybody to feel like I'm holding captive to the information I'm giving and that you just have to do it. You don't. At the end of the day, you know your life. You know what's going to work for you, your personality, your situation, other people involved. I'm just a spectator and an objective view on this thing. So are the listeners. So anytime that we tell people something, we are telling them from an objective view. We are giving them perspective on different ways to look at it. We are giving them suggestions, but we are not judging and we are not telling people what to do from what we would do because everybody's situation is different, right? Right. So let's get into, you know, this week's advice question and I'm going to read it to you guys and then we are going to work through it with the writer of this. So here's the scenario. My husband and I met in college in 2004. Instantly, we fell in love and never looked back. After we graduated, we got married and had our son who is 13. And now we have a daughter who just turned one a few weeks ago. If you've done the math, then you understand during COVID, I was pregnant. And on top of that, my husband's gym closed and we lost a lot of money. So much so that we thought we were going to have to move in with my parents. Luckily, even though my husband's business was closed, I was able to find a job working from home with a national company. Due to me having a degree in business, I was actually able to get a great position with the company making good money. So as a result, our financial roles in the relationship has changed. I went from being the housewife to the only breadwinner in the house. When the world opened back up, so did my husband's gym. However, it isn't making the profit that it used to. My husband feels useless and he feels like I'm acting more dominant and making him feel inadequate. Of course, I disagree with him. I love him very much. And after he has spent so many years taking care of our family, it's an honor to be able to finally help him regardless of how we got here. Our relationship has grown distant. And of course, I don't want us to be a part of the COVID divorce group. He is shut down and it seems like whenever I do say something, it makes the distance between us worse. What can I do to fix the distance and what can I do to show my husband he is still valuable? Ooh, that's that's good, girl. That's a lot. It's good. We're going to dissect it. We're going to analyze it and we're going to get through it. As a little added information, I do want you to know that I do not know this writer personally. She actually follows me on Instagram and she listened to a few of my podcasts. So she actually wrote in because she wanted my advice on this particular subject. So that's how we got here. 
Um, So first things first, I just want to thank you for writing me. It's never easy to let people in on specific things about our lives. When you start talking about kids, finances, family, spouses, you know, those are typically like stay away zones, things people really don't want to talk about or bring to light. So I really appreciate you just being courageous and being vulnerable and letting me in on what's going on in your life. And then also giving me permission to discuss it on a podcast. So thank you for that. I know it isn't easy, but I really appreciate it. So let's talk this situation through. You know, I always like to focus on the good aspects and then I like to focus on the opportunities that we have for growth (laughs) in in different scenarios. So notice, I didn't use the word bad because no situation is bad. It's just opportunities for growth. But let's talk about some some of the other stuff, right? So first, we're going to talk about good old COVID. Ooh. I say good old COVID, but the truth is there is nothing (laughs) good about COVID from people passing away to people losing their homes and having financial strains. Like this whole pandemic has just really been a doozy on everybody's life. And whether it's been like directly or indirectly, we all have a little bit of COVID residue on us. Like it has affected us all in some way. So Just know right off the bat, I'm sure you do, but you are not alone in this struggle with COVID. It's it's bothersome for sure. And I'm I'm sorry about the tough time that you guys went through with your family and just how everything has been with finances. I do want to look at the silver lining in this. And the silver lining is that even though things aren't quite what they used to be with finances and in your household, you guys seem to be on the way there and progress. No matter how big or small it is, it's always a good thing when we're making it. So if anything, I just want you to take a moment and pat yourself on the back like, hey, you're making it through. You're doing what you got to do. So focus on that, if nothing else. Second thing, girl, the math. (laughs) When I was reading this, you asked me to do the math. And let me tell you, before I even got to the next sentence, I had done the math on this whole pregnancy thing, right? So you said that your daughter's birthday was a few weeks ago, and you actually wrote me this in December. Um, So that means she was either born in early December or late November, which means like when you got pregnant, it was back like in late February, early March of 2020, which means this was just when us common folk, us non-government folk were finding out about COVID. Like we didn't even fully understand everything that it was, but we knew that it would affect our health. So at this moment, I'm just thinking about like all the stress you had on you during that period. Like finances are one thing, but health is something completely different. So when you start talking about like COVID and being pregnant, you were actually trying to, as a woman, as a mother, I'm assuming you were trying to figure out pregnancy and just like being, you know, taking in, adjusting to this new life coming into the world on top of that adjusting your mind around this new life that you're going to have to live because of COVID. That's a lot. So I just want to acknowledge that you, you went through a lot when it came to that regard. But one thing that I paid attention to as I was reading and you wrote me this is that you are a problem solver. Gotta love problem solvers. And here's how I know that you're a problem solver and that you're like resolution focused is because when you were writing me, you mentioned, you said, um, 
Due to me having a degree in business, I was actually able to get a great position and make very good money. And I was able to work from home with a national company. Now, I just want to give you your props on that because typically the way that some humans are wired doesn't mean it's a bad thing. But some people are really problem people like they kind of go through a situation and they get stuck in it. And you did not. What you did was when that situation happened, you were like, wait a minute. I can put together <laughs> a plan here. I can use these degree, this degree that I got before I was pregnant. I can actually get a job with it. So kudos for you for using your resources to kind of help pull you out of a situation. A lot of people get paralyzed when when they go through things. So the fact that you didn't shows me that you are a forward thinker and you're thinking about like getting ahead of this thing. Like, hey, what can I do to fix this instead of just staying stuck in it? So those are the three things that I wanted to talk about as far as like the good, you know, you being able to make progress, you being a forward thinker, you being pregnant and, and still trying to focus on, on what's ahead. So the next part of our conversation is going to be like our opportunity and room for growth. I want to talk about that. I definitely saw a few different opportunities for growth. And one of the opportunities for growth that will really help you close the distance with your husband is understanding his emotions. So, you know, I want to get into the scientifics of it because I feel like when we understand the why, it helps us understand the what. So... If you heard that in the background, that is thunder because it is like pouring down raining in Atlanta. <laughs> and that just really scared me while I was doing this podcast. Nevertheless, I want to get into uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So if you heard of my good friend, Abraham Maslow, which he is not my friend, I just really admire like the work that he done and like understanding humans and what they need. But he has this triangle, which has five tiers and five categories um, in it that basically pretty much lets us know on a human level the things that we need and how it's important to us, right? So the bottom level, the things that we need is the like the basic needs like water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, that kind of thing, right? So we need to make sure we got a place to live, all that good stuff. The second thing on the list from the bottom up is safety. We need to feel secure. We need to have employment, resources. We need to be able to have our health taken care of. The third thing is love and belonging, which means we need to have like these connections with friends, with family, um, with people that we're in a romantic relationship with. We need to have that, right? The fourth thing is esteem, so self-esteem. That means we need to be able to have some sort of status, some sort of recognition, some sort of strength and freedom um, of what's going on in our lives. And the very last thing, which is at the top of the pyramid, is self-actualization needs. So this is the need that makes us become the best that we can be, right? So I want you to think about all five of those categories, and they are completely Googleable. So you can Google those if needed. But I want you to think about those, and I want you to think about it in comparison to your husband and what he's going through. So let's talk about it. You said that he was the breadwinner, and he's always been taking care of the family for years. But now you're the breadwinner, so you're bringing in the money. His gym was closed. It opened back up. It's not doing as well. So let's start with the the basic need, which is our need for like shelter and clothing and all of that. At this particular time when COVID happened and his gym closed, 
as a man, as the breadwinner, I'm sure you guys have a mortgage or rent or something. Um, you guys, he has a family, he has to take care of, he has a wife, he has a son, and now he has a new baby. And now he has all of this pressure on him. Aside from the pressure that he already had when things were going well, now he has this undue pressure of like trying to figure out how to provide for his family. That's pressure, okay? That's a lot. Then on top of that, he doesn't have the security because COVID is happening. None of us have the answers to COVID. No, none of us know how this thing is going to turn out, how it's going to happen. He's not secure in his employment. He's not secure in his health. He's not secure in anything right now. Then the third thing is the love and belonging. You mentioned, obviously, your point for writing in is that you guys were growing distant. So he doesn't have that need and that love and belonging in his relationship with you that he once had. That's added stress. The fourth thing, esteem. People have to be recognized and people feel good based off what they're able to bring. If his situation is not as good as it once was because of COVID, then he doesn't feel that self-esteem, that goodness that he used to feel. He doesn't feel that priority as far as like being the one that's able to provide and being the one that's able to protect. He's literally being put in a situation where he's not able to provide and he's not able to protect his family because something is going on in the world that he has no control over. That's a stress-related issue. Then the final thing, the self-actualization, well, you can't be the best that you can be if you're worried about shelter, if you're worried about the closeness with your partner, your security, your self-esteem. It just completely eradicates that whole self-actualization thing. So literally, when you think about your husband, I want you to think about the fact that on every scale, on every five of the basic human needs, none of his needs are being met. Can you imagine the type of pressure that feels? Can you imagine being in his shoes and just feeling the level of stress that he does? Even from your perspective, can you think like right now how helpless you would feel if you weren't able to go out and get a job? Can you imagine that? You know, you probably be feeling just as bad as he is, if not worse. So, you know, when it comes to fixing the distance in your relationship with your husband, empathy is definitely going to be key here. Empathy is going to be the vehicle that allows you both to close the gap between, you know, you and the whole distance thing. So I just want you to think about that. So that's the scientific. That's that's the why. Now that we understand why he's feeling like that, let's move into a comment that you made. Now, I just want to let you know I'm not here to attack you, okay? This is not about that. This is just bringing awareness to how maybe sometimes the things that we say and the way that we say them, how it could add to the situation in not a productive way. So he mentioned that he feels that you're acting more dominant and you're making him feel inadequate. Let's jump into that. So let's dive into the world of men and just like talking about them and understanding them. So I will say as women that we definitely don't give men enough credit in being aware emotionally. And one thing that men pay attention to, they pay attention to how we talk to them and they pay attention to how we act, which women do too, but men are like really big on that. And I'm going to go into details of why later, but you know, we don't give them enough credit for being aware of that. And the truth is like they pay attention to everything, even if they act like they don't. Let me tell you. They do. So 
with that being said, I have a question for you that I want you to think about. Here's the question. Is there anything that you could have done or said that could have possibly created the idea for him to feel that way? I'm not saying you did anything. I'm not saying you didn't. I just want you to think about, is there any area that that you could have, you know, created that? And I just want to be very clear that the reason why I'm asking this question is because it just creates room for us to analyze this. You know, you did mention that you were able to get a great position with a job making good money, national company. Now, as us young folks like to say, you know, you probably got a little different swag about yourself, even without you knowing it. And if you do, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of honor that comes with being able to aid in your family's situation. So, you know, I can see if you do have a little different swag, it's nothing wrong with that. I can see how that can happen. I can also see how not working and not bringing in money can affect you and how going from a position of not doing that to being able to do that, how it can have a little different bounce in your step when you walk in the house. So my second question to you is, I want to ask you, what kind of energy have you been bringing home as a result of you working now? And how does that energy show up? Because everything has energy. So you're bringing some kind of energy in. I'm not saying it's good, not saying it's bad. I'm just asking you, what kind of energy are you bringing in? And how does that look in your marriage, in your relationship when you bring it home? Okay, just something for you to think about. Second thing I wanted to address with you is validating feelings. So it is so important when people are going through things emotionally to validate their feelings. So I want to talk about what validating feelings is and I want to talk about what it's not. So what validating feelings is, is basically acknowledging somebody's feelings and whatever they say. So if somebody tells you like, hey, I feel like you did this to me, or I feel like you're making me feel like this, it is acknowledging that they feel that way. So I think a lot of times with feelings, people think that feelings are good or bad. Like if somebody is angry, people will say, oh, you shouldn't be angry as if being angry is a bad thing. Or if somebody is sad, they're like, oh, you shouldn't be sad or don't be sad as if feeling sad is a bad thing. But the truth of the matter is that emotions and feelings they're actually neutral. They're not good. They're not bad. They don't have any kind of connotation to them. The behaviors that we do in response to the feeling and emotions do, but not the actual feeling and emotion itself. Here's what I mean. If you know I'm angry and I go out here and I stab and shoot some people, okay, that's bad because I did a bad thing. So the behavior is bad, but the actual feeling an emotion is not bad. So I just want you to keep in mind, you know, when you're thinking about your feelings, husband and emotions, because the first thing that you said is you like, of course, I disagreed with him. So pretty much, pretty much what you did is you dismissed his feeling and it was really neglectful. And if I'm going to be completely 100% honest, which I am, it was really emotionally abusive to that. So as people, as women, we do have to be careful about that. The fact that your husband even mentioned that, you know, he was feeling inadequate. Oh, man, that is just so much goodness there. Because what it says is that I feel safe enough with you to let you know how I'm feeling. And that's something that a lot of men never do. Like you couldn't pay men 
millions of dollars to usually sit and tell you that they feel inadequate. They would never own up to that. So the fact that he did that with you actually shows that you guys have a very trusting and a very safe relationship with it, with each other. With that being said, I would not take that lightly. And I would be very careful about that because that could put him in a place well, like you said, he already is where he shut down. And sometimes when men shut down, they don't open up again, especially if you've put them in a situation where they feel emotionally unsafe. Just want to put that out there. How do I know this? From being around a bunch of men and being married. <laughs> I just wanted to, to give you that little insight. So, you know, that's what we shouldn't do. We shouldn't go like, oh, I, you know, I disagree with your feelings or your feelings are wrong. What we should do in this situation is we should be like, you know what? I can understand you feeling that way because once again, it's that whole empathy aspect, putting ourselves into that person's shoes and then also being sympathetic as well. And even if we don't understand that they feel that way, another thing that we can do is we can hold ourselves accountable for any actions or any words spoken that could have aided in that feeling. It doesn't mean that what you did did. It doesn't mean that what you, you know, said had something to do with it, but it could have. And it's being open to the fact of acknowledging like, hey, I'm not sure if I've done or said anything that made you feel that way. But instead of me assuming, let me ask you, have I said or did anything that could have made you feel that way? So that way, that person is actually telling you from their experience. Now, I also want to add the fact that people's experience are exactly what it is. It's their experience. And just because one person experiences one thing one way and you experience something else a different way still doesn't make any party right or wrong, right? We could all watch a movie and take away different parts of it. Doesn't mean that we're wrong. Doesn't mean that we're right. It just means that we all have a different perspective. So somebody else's experience of you doesn't have to be true to you and doesn't have to be true to reality, but it's true to their reality. So it deserves some acknowledgement because one thing we want to do is when it comes to the people that we love and we care about is we want them to feel validated in their concerns or feelings. And we want them to feel like we actually care because we should, right? If we love them, then we should care about them. So I just wanted to, you know, address that. Of course, I disagree with him statement <laughs> and I wanted to make sure that, you know, you understand your husband's feelings and that you're able to validate them and you're actually able to treasure the fact that he did open up to you. So let's move on to the next part. Next part I wanted to go over is love and affirmation. Now, this is the part where I'm going to teach you how to have a good discussion with your husband that's going to be able to move you guys on the other side of this thing. I know that you love your husband and I know that you want to see your marriage work for two reasons. One, because obviously you wrote into me and two, because of the question that you asked me at the end of it, you said, how, what can I do to fix the distance? And what can I do to show my husband that he is still valuable? So that lets me know that you are going into this with high hopes <laughs> and with good intentions of actually fixing this thing. So it will serve you well to sit down and have a conversation with him. And you know what I want you to do? I want you to tell your husband everything that you told me when you wrote me. And I'm going to read to you the part that I want you to tell him. I want you to tell him 
the part that you told me when you said, I love him very much. And after he has spent so many years taking care of our family, it's an honor to be able to finally help him regardless of how we got here. That's so important. You know, you told me that, but let me ask you a question. Have you told him that? And have you told him that in a loving way? Mm -hmm. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to do that in a very loving, sultry way that only, only us women can do. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. And there is no need for me to go into further explanation on how to do that. (laughs) The one thing that I want everybody listening to this and I want you to realize is the language that men speak. Men speak a lot of different ways, but the one main part of the language that they speak is respect. So when the world is against them and things aren't going the way that they should, they want to know that their families, they want to know that the woman in their life still looks at them with the same level of respect as we did before. So <laughs> as I'm sitting here, I'm laughing because um, I have a man that's that's right across from me nodding his head in agreement with me. So he's like, yeah, men, men, they they appreciate respect. So let me tell you this. If you tell him how much you love him and respect him, that's going to close that distance between you two. And another thing that I want you to do in this conversation is I want you to remind him and of yourself of the vows that you guys took. Now let's get into marriage. Now we're going we're going to shift gears a little bit. So when people get married, um you know, one of the things that they do is they say vows and one of the things in those vows is that it mentions for better or for worse. Now, of course, nobody has an issue with the better part. You know, buying houses, having babies, being happy, being in love, taking honeymoon, saving money, making money. That's all the good stuff, right? That's the part people love. But when the worst part comes, nobody really likes that part. And the truth of the matter is that sometimes the worst part can be the part that really can knock a relationship off of its center. Now, COVID is the worst part. <laughs> Let's just call a thing a thing. COVID is pretty bad. It's come in. It, you know, we didn't have a way to prepare for it. We didn't know anything about it. And it has kind of readjusted the foundation of our lives. So here's the thing. The only way to get through worse is to readjust and to re-strategize. Here's what that means. That means when worse happens, the way that our family, our foundation work is not going to work now because of this new thing. So now we got to put our heads together. We got to come up with a plan as a husband and wife, as a family to get through this thing. And essentially, I don't think that you guys have had that conversation. And the reason why I don't think that you guys have had those conversations is because when the roles change, it changed the energy in the relationship. He's feeling inadequate. He's feeling useless. You have this job now. You're you're taking on a new role that you haven't taken in your marriage. And you guys probably, to be fair, really didn't have an opportunity to discuss that. Because that's one thing about change and readjusting. When the plans change, sometimes you just got to jump in place and you don't actually have a chance to have a conversation about it. It's time that you guys have a conversation about that. And that's fine. I want you to honor him and his feelings. But one thing that I don't want to get lost in this is that I also want you to honor yourself. It sounds like, and I'm just assuming this is just the tone from the the DM that you sent me. I think you really like working. 
And it sounds like you feel like good about being able to provide from your family. When you go into this conversation with him, I want you to acknowledge that. And I want you to honor yourself. I don't want you to downplay yourself like, oh, I'm just doing this for COVID. Like, yeah, that may have been how it started. But if this is something that you really enjoy doing, then you can bring that into the discussion in such a way to where it sounds like you are a helpmate. Now, let's talk about being partners in a marriage. One thing about a marriage now is that people fail to realize that a marriage is two people who have agreed to do life together. And they have agreed to do life together in a way to where I got your back, you got my back, we got each other's back. So whoever has their back up against the wall, I'm on the other side of that fighting for you. And likewise, your back is up against the wall, he's on the other side fighting for you. So when you go into this conversation, it's really not an I thing or a you thing, it's a us thing. And how can we as a couple put our heads together and get past this? What does it look like? You know, you mentioned your husband's business is gym closed, it's back open, it's not doing as good. Okay, it's been so many different people who have been creative in creating these work from home programs. You know, just because one thing isn't working doesn't mean another thing can't work. That's also another topic for you guys to talk about his business and what ideas you guys can have to kind of get the business flowing in a different way, maybe with doing something different. Also, like I said, make sure when you go into this conversation, you're going into it honoring yourself saying, hey, I like the work. So maybe you guys work out something to where you're not the primary breadwinner, but you are bringing bread. (laughs) You're breaking bread to the table. So you're still working and you guys are equally, you know, contributing to that. Talk with him about his fears. How does he feel about that? Is it a fear of his? If it is, why does he fear that? You know, what works best? Here's what I want you to know at the end of this. You guys are going to be fine. And I'm sure everybody who's listening to this podcast know that you guys are going to be fine too. Your marriage just needs a little bit of empathy, a little bit of love, a little bit of affirmation, and a little bit of readjusting. If you follow these steps. (laughs) Take what you need and leave what you don't. Remember what I said in the beginning. But if you do what I'm suggesting, or if you're open to a different perspective, I guarantee you it's going to fix the distance. And I'm guarantee you it's going to make your husband feel valuable. Because instead of you just going out and you working and you bringing in money, now you guys are partnering together and you're having a conversation. And anytime somebody feels a part of the conversation and anytime they feel a part of the solution, it makes them feel valuable. I promise you it's going to work. But as always, take what you need, leave what you don't. So that is the end of this particular advice question this week and scenario. As always, I want to thank you for just writing in to me. Once again, I appreciate it. But for our listeners, this is the part of the podcast where we're going to do our new mantra that we hadn't had the opportunity to do before. So, you know, at the end of everything, I believe we have a mantra, which is our focus, which is our intention. And this season, our new mantra is be present. Be a present to yourself first and then to others. So this allows us to be aware of where we are. And it also allows us to make sure that we're giving good to ourselves and then we're giving good to others, right? 
So that is the mantra for today. I want you to take a few minutes to do that. So I'm already running low on time because I said I was going to keep these podcast episodes between 20 and 30 minutes. I have not done that this episode. I have went slightly over. However, I'm still under 40 minutes, so I'm still doing good. But I'm going to leave you guys. I'm going to leave you with clarity going to leave you with love. And I also want to take a little gem from this episode. And I'm going to leave you guys with the openness. I want you guys to be open to the fact that you will have to readjust in life. And the only thing that stays consistent is change. So don't be afraid to roll up your sleeves. Don't be afraid to put your ideas together to readjust, to replan. Yeah, you may had one way to get to your goal, but something else came up. So now you have to still get to your goal, but you just have to take a different route. And if you do have to take a different route, I want you to know that that's not wrong. That's part of life. Okay, readjusting, restructuring. All right. Well, I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in with me today. And we will be back next Monday with episode three. Take care. Bye bye.